Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Here the last few weeks, you've seen this, but just to give us a catch up, maybe a new with us, um, here's a bit of an intro that intros us to, um, to Joseph, so let's look to the screen, that'd be awesome. In a world of vibrant hues and eccentric characters, follow the remarkable journey of Joseph, a dreamer betrayed by his own brothers, thrust into a captivating tale of resilience and redemption. From the confines of slavery to the opulent corridors of power, witness Joseph's rise as a leader. His path intertwines with an alluring woman, while his dreams and God guide him through treacherous waters of intrigue and forgiveness. For this adventure we'll need a pit, a slave's tunic, a dream about wheat and stars, a dream about cows and grain, a signet ring, a cupbearer's cup, and a technicolor coat, starring Jacob, Joseph's eleven brothers, Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, Pharaoh, the cupbearer and the baker, and Joseph. Immerse yourself as Joseph's technicolor coat and unwavering spirit captivate. An extraordinary adventure where dreams and destiny collide. A stunning and emotionally captivating journey of faith, discovery, purpose, and divine alignment. Amazing. So I I don't know about you, but that is the best looking Joseph I've ever seen. You know, uh, you know, a little bit, little bit jealous. I'm not quite, uh, I'm not quite there. But, but I, I said this in um, said this in week one. Uh, it looks like promo for you know the new series streaming on Prime on Netflix or whatever. But encourage you the binge challenge for July is to read the story of Joseph. It's found in the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 37 through to 50. There's only only 13 chapters, but I encourage you to, to, to dive into it and get all you can. Um, and so in, in this series, Future, talking about embracing God's dream for your life, so far in week one, we asked the question, whose dream? Who, who, whose dream are you, uh, are you living for? You know, in the, in the Bible, particularly in the first book of the Bible in Genesis, when it speaks about dreams, it speaks about dreams being divine revelation. Not because we ate some, you know, like funky type sort of pizza the night before and then got some weird pizza dream. But, but no, the, the dreams that we have, we want to take them not just from our own self, but we want to be inspired by God with them, that God has a dream in, in, in our life. And, and then week two, uh, last week, uh, our youth young adults, Pastor Chris, uh, preached a great message and spoke about um, the challenge that happens with dreams, that every God dream gets challenged every time. Our dreams are always challenge that that doesn't mean that you're off track most likely it means that you are right on track and as you look around and sort of like survey the land it, it, it might seem like you are nowhere near the dream that you felt like God spoke to you about however you are closest to the dream when you're closest to God our whole, our whole goal in following Jesus is to be close to Him. And so that brings us to today. And so the title for today's message is Delay or Design. Delay 
or design. And so, so, so this week, as uh, Rachel already mentioned already, we had an amazing time at our uh, INC, which is International Network of Churches. That's the, the movement, the denomination that we belong to. We had a great time at our, uh, one of our national conferences and then our Elevation Staff Retreat. In fact, there's even some um, photos right here of the, um, uh, that's, that's all of our Elevation Staff and families at Axe Throwing. Yes, that go, Axe Throwing was fun and no one was injured. Yep, next next one. Oh, that's the back of Zaid's head. Uh, throwing the axes up there. Oh, Chris Green just repping the EY merch. Uh, next one. Yep, even the little kids got to do axe throwing. Not real axes, don't worry, they're plastic. Yep, next one. Pastor Miles, our lead pastor, uh, encouraging us as staff and team. Oh, that's Rachel and myself behind Miles's head getting prayed for. And I think that might be it. Yes. Amazing. So we had, we had an amazing time, and there were amazing times of prayer, powerful worship, team building, prophecy, axe throwing, way too much eating, but also there were some challenges. There's, there's always, always challenges, a few challenges with flights. Now, I'm not the best person to speak about these because um, all, our, all our flights were fine. Uh, must be a, like a favor of the Lord over the location passes or something or something like that. But 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 last Sunday, as I was about to preach in Sydney at our Hills location, text messages start to roll in because uh, the rest of the team were flying over last Sunday. It was like high winds in Sydney, flights delayed, flights delayed. They're already landing at 9:50 p.m. Uh, in the evening. I get a text from Andrew Edison. Um, do you think the hire car place will still be open by the time we get there? Uh, sorry, Andrew, about the preach. You can sort it out anyway. And he did. He did rang them, so it sorted it all out. But you see, when it, when, whenever it happens, whether it's flights or something else, none of us like delays. No one likes, no one likes delays, whether it's travel delays, roadworks, Waiting in line, the color wheel of death on your MacBook, um, you, you, you know, that, that dreaded Macca's drive through waiting bay. Like, are you serious? I went through drive through so I could get it now, and now I have to go wait in the, you know, in, in, in the waiting bay. None of us like delays. But Joseph, our main character in this series, he had, he had a great start. God gave him this amazing dream that he would be lifted up and people would bow down to him, that even his whole family and, uh, would bow down to him. And, you know, as, as one of the youngest in the family, as all the youngest can attest to, I'm sure, that was, that, was a pretty, that was a pretty cool dream, a pretty sweet dream. But today we're going to be in Genesis chapter 40 with the Joseph story. And by this time, he's already been sold into slavery by his jealous brothers as a slave, he rose in stature in Potiphar's house, but then he's falsely accused because he rejected Potiphar's wife's sexual advances. And so now he finds himself in this pit prison. And so what we're going to do, I, I couldn't think of any other way, uh, but we're going to read the full chapter of Genesis 40. It's 23 verses. It'll be all right. It'll be on the screen in front of me to, to, to just to set the, set the tone for what we're going to speak about over these next few minutes. So this is Genesis 40. It says this. Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. Remember, he'd just been put in prison. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. 
He continued for some time in custody. And one night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each his own dream and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, in my dream, there was a vine before me. And on the vine, there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, this is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get out of this house. So, for it was indeed stolen, for, sorry, verse 15. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. Verse 16, when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. Thanks, Joseph. Um, verse 20, on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants. He lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph but forgot him. Right, so, so I know that was a long passage to read. But here we are in Genesis 40. Joseph is facing some pretty significant delays. He's in a foreign land. He's unfairly accused. He's stuck in prison. You know, this, this, this is a big deal. This is not just like the, the Macca's drive-through bay waiting for your quarter pounder and McFlurry, right? This is, this is, this is a big, this is serious stuff. And, and maybe you're here and you can relate to this. Maybe you're not stuck in a literal prison. Obviously you're not because you're, <laughs> because you're here. Um, but maybe you're like, I, I know this feeling. I, I, I thought I was going to be here by now in my life or in my season, but I'm only back here. Uh, maybe you've been crying out to God for personal healing, for restoration, but it doesn't look like it's coming. Maybe there's challenges in your business. Maybe there's challenges in your workplace, in your career, with your friendships, with your marriage. But maybe, just maybe, what we think is a delay is actually a period of time that has been designed by God, been designed by Almighty God Himself. Next week, we're going to speak about God's timing. We'll, we'll spend a little, bit more, uh, a little bit more time on that because it's often different to our own. But, but today, what we find in Genesis 40 is that there's a few key things that Joseph did which helped him to embrace this time as not just a frustrating delay, but as something that's designed 
by God. You see, I'm not sure if you spotted it before, but even though Joseph finds himself in the situation that, that, that he's in, the Bible says that he notices the two other prisoners. He notices that they were troubled. And not only does he notice that they're troubled, he engages with them to find out what's troubling them. We read it before. I'll read it again. Genesis 46 and 7. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's uh, officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? How often, uh, and this has been true of my life, how often during the delays do we turn inward and focus on ourselves? We, we complain that things aren't going the way, the, the, the way we planned. We ask God, why me? Why, why is this all happening? This is unfair. I can't believe it. We stamp our foot. We say, God, what's, what's going on with me? But maybe, just maybe, and this is point one, you can write this down, that there are opportunities in the delay. Maybe what looks like a delay is actually designed by God, and maybe in the midst of them, there are some opportunities. Now, I know this is so much easier to preach than it is to live. I, I understand that. I, I get that. I'm actually a human as well, in case, in case you're wondering, actually a person as well. But, but just think about it for a second. We often forget even seasons that we've been through before. And when we reflect back and, and, and remember, can, can you actually think right now, in, in your mind's eye, can you think of a season when a delay actually produced an opportunity? This doesn't mean that it always made your life easier or turned out better, but perhaps if something wasn't delayed, you wouldn't have developed that friendship. Perhaps if something wasn't delayed, there wouldn't have been that open door of opportunity to walk into. Maybe if there wasn't that delay, you, would, you wouldn't have developed the close walk that you have with God. Maybe God, in fact, designed the delay to install a new sense and a greater sense of strength and resilience and faith in your life. Maybe it wasn't a de delay. Maybe it was designed by God. You see, I wonder right now, if you feel like you're in a delay, I wonder what God is designed to do, both in your life and through your life. Uh, I wonder what opportunity there is for yourself to develop a, 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 just a, another level of faith, a new sense of the trustworthiness of who God is. But, but, but not only that, uh, I wonder what opportunities are right there in front of you during this delay season for others. Maybe during a delay like Joseph, the opportunities are to bring God to other people's situations. It's, it's quite remarkable, actually, that even while it looked like Joseph's dream was nowhere to be found, he was still interpreting other people's dreams. That he found the opportunities in the, mix, in the midst of this challenge and the midst of it delay, of the delay. It, it might not be quite as dramatic as interpreting dreams, one being elevated, another, well, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be the, the bearer of the interpretation that Joseph gave the, gave the second guy. Can, can, you remember, can you imagine, like, the awkward silence out of this? So this guy's been pumped. He's heard the first interpretation. He's like, give it to me. Okay, like three, what was it, three loaves, three, three baskets. What does it mean? Joseph's like, well, it means you're going to die and they're going to feed your body to the birds. You know, what, 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 do you, what do you do after that? Uh, can I pray for you? Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, what, what, happen, what happens after that? But can I say it like this? 
is that in every season, no matter how tough, there are always opportunities to bring God to someone else. There are always opportunities in the delay. You know, in a world that tells us to focus on ourselves and ditch anyone that might be, you know, like wrecking your vibe, God calls us to influence people for good no matter what the situation might be. Now, this doesn't mean that we become a doormat or that we spend all our time with people that just um, uh, take and take from us. I heard this great quote um, the other day. They said, um, you know, whenever you walk... um, Oh, just a second, because I didn't write it down, so I'm just remembering it, so I get it, get it right. But, but they said, you always, you always give en- people always give energy to a room. They either give energy to a room when they enter it, or they give energy to a room when they leave it. So, so we're not saying that we spend all our time with people that always take from us, but, but God's kingdom calls us to find our strength, not in making sure our environment is perfect and that all the people around us just, you know, help me, help me, help me, encourage me, encourage me. God, no, 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 God's called us to make sure that our strength is found not in what's around us but in Him, in Him. The Apostle Paul says it this way to Christian believers in, in Ephesus. This is way further forward in the New Testament, Ephesians 6.10. He says this, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Notice it's not in our own strength. It's be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You see, Joseph's strength was obviously found in God, not in his situation. So he was able to see the opportunities during the delay. So number one, we've got to understand that there's always opportunities uh, in the delay. Number two is this, is let's keep our words God-focused. Keep our words God-focused. Joseph said this in verse eight, we read it before. He said, uh, they said to him, we've had dreams. There is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. Joseph hears about the dreams and he he exclaims that God is still able to interpret dreams. Even though Joseph is seemingly nowhere near his dream, he still keeps God at the forefront of his life. You see, when, when, when you're facing a delay, What's, what's your speech like? Does it still honor God? Does it still declare the faithfulness of God? Do you declare that God is still able? Or do you just speak about the challenge of the situation? Now, the, the balance to this is that we don't, uh, that doesn't mean that we repress our feelings or live on some like hyper word of faith theology. You know, how are you going? Oh, wonderful, amazing, overcoming, rejoicing in the Lord. But your marriage is broken down. The car's been written off. You've been fired from a job. You just received a notice of eviction and you stubbed your toe on the way to church and it really, really hurt, right? We, we, we don't live in like this like fake positivity. It's okay to say things aren't going well. In fact... In the book of Psalms, which is the the prayer and song book of the Bible, it gives so many examples of this. I'll show you one quickly. Psalm 22, verse 1 and 2 says this, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. See, it's okay to pour out your heart to God. It's okay to say, hey, it looks like everything is against me and this is, this is not working. It's all right to speak about the current situation. But then watch verse 3. There's a turn here. 
Yet you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. You see, David, the guy who wrote this psalm, he declares out of who God is and how he has worked in the past. In fact, if you read that, that whole psalm, um, Psalm 22, it does it a number of times. It, it does it where Paul, sorry, where David pours out his heart to God and then he comes back to who God is. But you, O Lord, are holy. You see, what words do you need to speak into your delay? Just like David did in that psalm, yet you are holy. You might, even know what, you might not even know what to say, but, but can I tell you that's the power of God's word, of the Bible. Just, just speak who he is into your life, into your situation. That's why the Bible is described as the sword of the spirit, the word of God, because it has power and it declares into our situation. Does that mean it's like a you know, magical phrase book that we say it and then it all turns around? Maybe, maybe not. What it actually means though is that God, it declares who God is. It declares that I will serve God. I will love Him. I, I declare He is the creator of heaven and earth. He's the savior of my soul, that He has great plans for me. He has good works for me to walk in. No matter what the situation looks like, I'm going to declare the word of God and I'm going to keep my words God-focused. Keep my words God-focused. You see, we don't want to be self-focused. We don't want to be problem-focused. We don't, really fo- we don't want to be focused on, on, on what is not happening, but we speak the authority of God's word into our situation. So I, I want to encourage you from Joseph during these times of delay, which, you know, possibly designed by God, we're going to look for opportunities. We're going to keep our words God-focused, and maybe as Ben, come and jo- ben comes and joins me on the keys, to, to wrap up, Genesis 40 closes, we read it before, with this verse, verse 23. It says, Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. I, I'm sure we can all think of a time when we've been passed over for promotion, acknowledged for our effort, or simply just left out. You see, if we think that seeing our God dream become a reality is reliant on man, we will be in trouble. But if we view our God dream as an act of faith, we will rely on God, not, not, on, not on people. So number three is this, is that man may forget us, but God does not. God does not. God has not forgotten you. He's not forgotten your situation. He's not forgotten what you're believing for. He's not forgotten the circumstances that surround you right now. He remembers he knows your name. The Bible says he even knows the number of hairs on our head. For some people, that's easier for God to know than others. I'm becoming easier and easier for God to know the number of hairs on my head. I edit photos that are shot from the back of me now. No, not that one. Too much, too much bald spot. No, not that one. This is Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Come on, some people, we need to write this verse down. This needs to be your declaration over your life. I will never leave you 
nor forsake you. That's what God says to you. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I, I saw your agreement there, Graydon. Come on, that's for you. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can anything else do to me? God has not forgotten you. He believes in you. He has a future. He has a plan for your life. God, I just thank you over Graydon's life right now. Come on. I declare strength right now. I declare hope right now. I declare your power in his life. Your power in his life. You know, next week we'll look at what happens in the rest of Joseph's story. But spoiler, Joseph's not forgotten by God. And you're not forgotten by him either. People may forget you. That might even go a step further. People may purposely leave you out, cut you off, unfriend you, leave you on unread. What? Why haven't you replied? God never does. God has not forgotten your situation. He's heard every prayer that you've He's heard every prayer that you've prayed. He's heard every tear that you've shed. And you know, without sounding um, soppy or anything like that, I think I was thinking about this last night. I think it was my um, 35th birthday, which was a few years ago now. And um, there'd been it had been a good birthday. There'd been no no great problems. Got presents. Had had a great time with family. All that all that sort of stuff. But at that season in my life, I just felt stuck. Passed over and forgotten. We, we'd been through a few leadership transitions at the church where we'd been involved. Things hadn't worked out the way that I thought they might. And that night, Rachel had gone to bed. I was up late. And, and to be honest, sitting up late at night, I just poured my heart out to God. And yep, I might have even got a little bit of sand in my eye a couple of times and, you know, had to, had, had to water out. But, but I remember that night just pouring out my heart for before God going, this is not the way I thought it would be. God, there was, I thought there was big dreams and plans, but now I just feel like I'm stuck. Like, God, what's, what's going on? People have forgotten. Have you, have you forgotten? But what felt like for my life personally, the, a long delay, now when I look back, I see it was designed by God. I see it was designed by God. The years of feeling left out and forgotten about was actually a place of preparation for what we would step into to, honestly, to move to the West Coast, which was completely out of our plan to take on this church and see what I believe a city, a region, and a state transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. You see, wherever you feel like you are right now, no matter what season, whether you're just starting out, whether you feel like... You know, you're, you're wrapping up at the back end of things. I want to tell you, God has not forgotten you. He's not forgotten you. He shows us through Joseph that no matter where we are, He believes in us and He wants to extend His power and strength to us because maybe what was a delay is actually a design by God. And so today we're going to take a moment. The uh, rest of the band can come and join us. And in a moment, we're going we're gonna to sing a worship song to close. And I believe there's many people here. You need to respond to Christ. You need to come to the front. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. Can I tell you there is power in agreement? Can I tell you that there's, there's something about taking a step of faith 
and coming forward and getting prayed for, that's, that's one of those steps of faith. We can stay in our seat and say, yep, yep, great message, yeah, yeah, it spoke to me. But come on, would you take a step further and say, hey, I need someone to stand in agreement with me. I feel stuck, I feel forgotten. I feel like I'm just in this delay. But come on, God has designed this to bring about something powerful in your life. God has designed this to, to, to build in you a new level of faith, to, to open doors of opportunities that you didn't think were there before, to, to, to move in your life, to move in your heart, to reignite a flame, to reignite a passion. Come on, there's dreams on the inside of your life that still haven't happened yet, but God hasn't forgotten them. If God placed them there, He is well able to see them accomplished for His glory, for His kingdom. God can do it. He, he, he's the creator of heaven and earth, for goodness sake. Of course, He can move in our lives. But come on this morning, before we do that, I'd love everyone to bow their heads, close their eyes. We're going to take a moment. And if you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ before, then can I encourage you, now is the time. Now's the time to say yes to Jesus.